They're coming to get you. They're coming for you, Barbara. They're coming to get you. They're coming to get you. My name is Gavin Edding. Like we've been saying, we are in the guest host era of the podcast. And today, we're talking about the movie The Last Exorcism, a spooky exorcism movie from 2010. And to talk about that, I have brought you a holy man of the holiest variety. He is one of my absolute favorite comedians out of Nashville, Tennessee. Please welcome to the show, Mr. Drew Davis. Drew, how we doing? Man, I'm doing so good, Gavin. Thank you so much for having me on this podcast. I'm very excited. I really enjoyed The Last Exorcism. I'd never seen it before, and it was a lot of fun. I had never seen it either, and it was a lot. I did not know it was like found footage. I didn't know it was a mockumentary style. It felt like a horror movie of like The Office, but horror style. Is what <laughs> really, at the beginning, is what it felt like. Now, what I've been asking everybody before they 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 come on to the podcast and uh, a little bit about about you. Let, let's hear a little bit about Drew Davis before I start grilling you with some questions. OK, yeah, no problem. So uh, to everyone listening, my name's Drew. I am a, a former youth pastor turned stand up comedian. Uh, I both have been big parts of my life. I'm not, uh, I always like to just let people know I don't have like one of those crazy left the church. I mean, cause of an exorcism or anything like that story. <laughs> uh, I just, uh, I loved doing youth ministry and stuff like that, but I also loved doing comedy and just, it was time to switch. Uh, so I'm based out of Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, I perform all over the United States, wherever I can. In fact, um, I'm, I'm probably not going to be too far from you, Gavin. I'm going back to that, uh, a uh, Red Skelton uh, theater show um, okay. tomorrow night, actually. So I'll actually kind of be in your neck of the woods. So Nice. Nice. I will not be there. I'm not making the trip. And this will be aired after that's already over. So I hope you did great. Thank you. Or I'm sorry <laughs> you did bad. So I appreciate it. Uh, future, future Drew appreciates the condolences and the congratulations. So. so how would you say that now I when I ask you to come on, I we we've worked together. You're very funny. I love your comedy. You are a clean comedian. Uh, you all, but we're gonna not, we're gonna get that out of you for 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 this podcast because we're gross and disgusting. But uh, but but you're you're a clean comedian, and it's it, you are you do have that Christian upbringing. So I was like, let's do an exorcist style movie, which I thought was uh, really clever on my part. I was like, let's get the holiest man you know. And did you ever? Ex- did you ever experience when you were in – because what denomination did, did you grow up? Or, or So I, I grew up non-denominational, and most of the churches that I worked at were non-denominational, which I feel like kind of nowadays is its own denomination. Um, if, <laughs> if you're not in the church, then you're just like, what is that? And that's okay, but um, it's, it's a version of Christianity, very loose, I guess, for lack of a better word. Uh, and then I uh, love my Christianity kind of loose. Yeah, I like, I like my Christianity little... like my women. Uh, loose, <laughs> loose and contemporary. Okay, we don't need to. <laughs> so, but, um, uh, so yeah, I that's been the bulk of my ministry and uh, upbringing for sure, and education and you know college and stuff like that. But um, the last church I worked at, which was the one I spent the past six years before I became a full time com- comedian. Uh, that was a Methodist church. And so I always, it's always weird. I let people know, like, um, I have a Catholic mother. I grew up non-denominational. I worked at a Methodist church for a long time. And I have a seminary degree at a Presbyterian seminary. So I'm just kind of a mess. So you went from non-denominational to a little bit of every denomination. Yes, absolutely. I'm, I'm a bit of a mix. Uh, I, I think 
just just as far as church preferences, I like the worship style um, and the chill contemporaneous of non-denominational. Um, but and I made up a word for this. I like the theopoliticalism of um, like Methodist church. I'm very progressive in my own Christianity. So okay, um, nice. So I'm kind of like a mixture. I'm like a hybrid, very gas yeah. efficient. So. so that's <laughs> you're very gas efficient. You're like, you just give me a little bit of holy water, I will drive for days. Absolutely. What I what I uh I, I kind of had a similar upbringing. I was raised Mormon, then I went to Catholic school, then I also met met some friends in high school who were Pentecostal. And by far, Pentecostal was the wildest experience. Right. I don't know if you uh, they are they are the ones that are like speaking in tongues yes they they throw them antennas up they throw their hands up uh they're playing your song it's <laughs> yeah it's so and and i so being uh, I, I grew up in uh what would have been considered a christian church churches of christ which was like a cousin of like pentecostal and charismatic movement churches mm -hmm. uh so i wasn't the i wasn't speaking in tongues the people at church were like raising hands and stuff like that but um i went to one time a friend of mine his uh, girlfriend was a part of a 24-hour uh, worship service, which I feel like even for God is too long. Like, God's probably <laughs> like, <laughs> like but she uh, she was singing uh, or helping lead worship for part of it. So we went there, and already me and my friend, we had never been to a Pentecostal church. And this was, like, super Pentecostal. But we were like, okay, if they bring out the snakes, let's just assume we don't have enough faith, and we're going to leave. Um, <laughs> but it was, it was such an experience for me because I saw people speaking in tongues. I saw people, and, the, and I'm sure I'm butchering this if someone who's a Pentecostal, also listening but i saw people like seizuring for jesus and barking for and like yes I saw that too. dancing and uh i i and i'm so glad that like i was a sophomore at bible college at the time and so what happens is that your sophomore year you take one theology class and you think you know everything so mm -hmm. and you're in your and i was in my early 20s so i was already very confident um and i i mean i i do have strong like opinions about speaking in tongues and stuff but like now i'm like oh and i also might be wrong because other people have different opinions you know and that's yeah. okay you know but back then i was like they were like and it, you could tell they wanted me me and my friend were the only person people not like speaking in tongues or barking and like the way the format was like anyone who felt the spirit could get up and preach in the middle of any song whenever and so frequently <laughs> this guy kept getting up and be like, i just feel like we're not there yet some of you all are holding back some of you aren't living in the street. He was like talking about me and my friend and I was so <laughs> full of myself. I was like, call me out, call me out. I have my Bible ready. Let me, <laughs> let me add, you know, and, and thank God. I mean, literally I, I, he didn't say anything directly to me because I would have at that age. I mean, I'd been preaching since I was 16. I was fully ready to get up there and be like, this is why you all are wrong. And, and can you imagine doing that at a church service? And like, I, 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 to this day, I'm terrified of the alternate universe where I did get up there and say something. I love the fact that this pastor was like, just passive aggressively roasting. You'd be like, we got some real betas out here. Not really feeling the right. spirit. Got yeah. some real, got some real pussies out in the crowd here tonight. And just not right. one thing that, that, creeped me out or, or not so much creeped me out but i was like what some of the uh some of the girls would like really get into feeling the spirit and they'd like pass out and they'd be wearing skirts and you'd have somebody like put a blanket over them okay so that so that, like people keep would like modest, look up their know? skirts or whatever yeah you got to keep them modest but honestly that's a great way to just like get a nap in 
You just like, <laughs> you, you feel it, you fall down, and then they just like put a blanket over you, and you're like, this is nice. Yeah, this is, I, had a, I had a late night last night, so I'm going to be feeling the spirit tomorrow at church. I can go ahead and tell you right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I always felt bad when I didn't speak in tongues, because everybody would probably be like really feeling the spirit and speaking in tongues, and then I'd just be like, if you really want to party with me, put your hands on my eyes. Because he has like, I, I'm just singing Buster Rhymes right. really fast, trying to be like, that's, yeah, that's definitely the Latin he's saying right there. The the first time I ever, I remember in high school was the first time I ever met someone or experienced speaking in tongues or whatever like that. Uh, we were do, we were doing a, uh, it was a Christian organization at my school and we got there a little early before the year started and we prayed, we just went around in groups and praying for the whole school, like going down, you would split up in, in teams and you'd go through each, each halls doing that. And I, I was with you the, had to canvas the You had to canvas the area. Yeah, the canvas, like, you, cover you, it with you, prayer, every, every you, wall. And you take Kim Lab, you, we'll take math. We'll <laughs> yeah. save math today. Math yeah. is on us. So, so uh, the guy with me, as he was praying for all the walls, he was like, he was speaking in tongues, but I didn't know that was a thing that existed. Uh, so I just assumed he was like a foreign exchange student. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, your Duolingo's going really well. Yeah I, was, yeah, I was like, man, his English is really good for whatever he's speaking. Like, <laughs> I, I just. I, and and then yeah, and I used to I used to and then when I was in high school, I would preach at a bunch of different different kinds of churches, different denominations, different church camps. And I remember the first time I spoke at a, a Pentecostal church because you know when you're praying, you got people kind of interacting with you. They're saying amens and yes, lords and all that stuff. Yeah, and I could hardly finish my prayer because i kept on wanting to be like quiet down i can't <laughs> but i know i'm I mean, doing I was... something <laughs> so, yeah so it was uh you know you live and you learn you know you, different you different, do. You... different denominations <laughs> yeah it's always yeah P- pentecostal by by far was like the the most extra for me uh and, and, they're, and they're probably tamed by by many standards but so this movie is the last exorcism it tells the story of a pastor who's kind of lost his faith and he wants to uh, expose exorcism. So the big question I have for you is as a youth pastor who's done all of these different, who's been to all these different churches, have you been involved with or known of anybody who's done like an actual exorcism or anything like that? So I don't know if I know anyone who who's done any specific exorcisms and, I, but I do know people that, um, you know, they, they've, or rather, I do know people or ministries that have talked about it. Like, so in high school, I used to do a mission trip. Uh, our, we would go um, to to help a ministry in Jackmel, Haiti. Uh, mm-hmm. And um, the, the missionaries there, I remember talking about uh, demon possessions and ghosts and stuff like that. Um, and I, I'm one of those where, like, I haven't had any personal experiences myself around any kind of that. But, like, there's enough people in the world that have talked about it where I'm like, well, maybe there's something. Uh, the closest thing I ever did experience, though, was one week when we did a, one of those mission trips. Uh, it was, like, a big voodoo festival week. And, like, they actually it, they actually told us, like, don't go outside at this point because you will see tons of, like, you would see, like, a, a parade of voodoo, like, Satan worship <laughs> kind of stuff. Uh, so, of course, we all went out the first night. <laughs> Stand on the believing of the supernatural. This all I know is I saw someone 
looking exactly like what you'd expect a voodoo like priestess to look like and mm-hmm. she was straight up standing in the middle of flames like i don't know i can't i don't know what they were saying they were speaking creole um i do know i pissed off a, a, a voodoo witch doctor one time because i was trying to barter with them and apparently it laid a curse on me which would explain so much of my later life but <laughs> that's why your head is so much smaller than it should be probably yes, probably probably uh, no that's just because my body's really fat and it's that one with science that's the curse he's like you're gonna love gumbo and pizza <laughs> so, but i so no i don't know of any specific like instances where someone i know did an exorcism or was exercised um but like i feel like i know people that talk about how they, they've heard it like second or third hand so and i've always been kind of a little here's my opinion um i don't know how legitimate all that stuff is i'm totally okay never figuring it out like like i if if i was that pastor in that movie i would not have stuck around like when they were at the car during the big chase scene that when she was like, let's go, I would have been like, yeah, we have the keys. Let's, let's go. Let's call the cops on the way. I'm sure this will, more qualified people can handle this. Do you, do you think that if somebody said, came to you and said, Drew Davis, uh, <laughs> this is kind of a two part If they said, Drew Davis, we need you to do an exorcism, uh, which would be more, more appealing if they ask you to do it in the name of the Lord. Or if they said you could open for your favorite comedian, if you if you did an exorcism, which which do you think would be more appealing and would be more likely to get you to do an exorcism? Okay, wait. So let me make sure I understand this incredibly normal and not at all weird question. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, so uh, someone's coming to me and asking me to do an exorcism, and what would be more appealing to me that I can do it in the name of the Lord, or that after upon doing the exorcism, they would say, okay, now you get to open for a comedian. That is correct. Yes. Okay. Just make, um. Well. Um. As much as I would love for open to open for Jim Gaffigan, I feel like in this scenario, if if I'm gonna go try to do an exorcism, <laughs> which I don't know. Uh. Okay. So if there there's the question of if it's a valid thing or not, and then the other thing is like if it's valid, do I really think I could get a demon out of something? Um, <laughs> and then what do you do once you have the demon out? That's the you never. I mean, it, there's a lot of things that i'd really want god on my side with so i would absolutely go with the power of the lord on that one i would uh i'd assume that if i could make it past the exorcism then maybe i'd on my own merit could go open for my favorite comedian but like no we're gonna need all the help heavenly help we can get with if i'm exercising someone and that's why drew you'll never make it in comedy because you always gotta do that hustle man (laughs) yeah you're like jim gaffigan this could be my big break (laughs) i guess we'll do but but you are right i like the that's the thing too where they're like once you do an exorcism and the demon is out, it's kind of like, well, where does it where go? Where does it go? So- do you put it into the, like, I, I feel bad for goats because so many times they had to, like, cast it into, like, a goat and then just kill the goat. Yes. Or, like, you know, with, in the Bible, they sent it to a bunch of pigs and they all ran off the, the <laughs> cliff. That's, that's a rough day, not just for the pigs, but everyone who was, like, dealing with, like, their livestock and, like. Yeah. You know, that, that, people, you know people were pissed at jesus there if that if that if that story is factually accurate there's someone who was like he just came into our town he what if it was someone who didn't even believe in demon position he just thought it was a crazy girl so he just came <laughs> into town said something to this girl and all of our pigs ran off the cliff <laughs> and now we can't eat for months 
And you know, Jesus was like, another job well done. And be like, are you going to pay for these pigs? Yeah. Like, oh, that was so cool. Let's see the feeding of the 5,000 next. That's the one I'm going to after this. <laughs> Jesus is like, nope, I done my job. Be like, okay, Jesus, thanks for being here for He's this. He's like, you paid me to be a feature. I'm not headlining for this one. <laughs> That's I love that somebody paid Jesus to open for somebody else. Be yeah. like, we actually, uh, actually, one of the other apostles is here tonight. So we're uh, right. Jesus. We're, we're gonna, gonna let him. To... We're gonna let him try this. That is a that is funny. If any of your listeners are also comedians, if they're just regular people that have friends in a social life, then they're gonna be like, that was a weird thing to say. Well, luckily, the a lot of the fans of, of this podcast, of which there are three. Uh, we awesome. oh, nice. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, we 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 have some pretty good listeners on this podcast. You're doing this for the exposure, so you're welcome. Thank you, uh, I but, appreciate it. But we have uh, enough people who are fans of like comedy, like Brent and myself doing comedy. So we 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 we've kind of gone a little inside baseball with them about how it works. So they get so that was a solid Jesus is featuring not headlining reference, and they will uh, they will appreciate you for that. Appreciate it. Thank you. This. But yeah, yeah. The one thing, because this movie, The Last Exorcism, it does they they do they do kind of deal with that where the the demon who is in the little girl Nell, um, or or, or the teenage girl Nell, basically the pastor, his name is Cotton Marcus. He's played by Patrick Fabian, who was on Better Call Saul. Yes, that's the first place I recognized him. As soon as I saw him, I was like, Better Call Saul. Yeah, uh, basically he is a a preacher who is uh lost his faith and he's trying to prove that exorcisms are a sham. So he invites a documentary crew to kind of film his last exorcism before he kind of gets out. It's kind of like his, uh, Godfather two moment. Like this is the last one that I'm out. I'm out after this. Um, and then it goes kind of awry cause it turns out there's a real demon and stuff. And this is a, uh, it, it's a found footage horror movie. So I gotta, I have to ask you, were you a, are you a fan of horror in general or no? So I, I'm, I will say I did enjoy watching this movie, it's, but I also enjoyed watching this movie this afternoon with the lights on. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, so here's my thing with uh, horror movies. I typically don't watch horror movies uh, because um, I, and, and maybe, I don't know. I really enjoyed this one. So maybe I need to give them a second shot, but like typically I don't like being scared and everything before the scary parts of the horror movies is just boring. Like it's just building up to the horror stuff. So it's mm. like, I'm bored and then I'm unhappy. <laughs> That's my life. Actually. That's most of my days. It's just, I'm bored and then I'm unhappy. But, um, through, uh, through this podcast and, and through some other friends podcasts recently, I think it, people like the idea that I'm, I'm just a big wimp and I don't, uh, I don't do scary movies. Well, um, mm -hmm. uh, so I've, this is my third podcast I've been on talking about a scary movie. So watching it beforehand, like watching a horror movie, that's how big of a wimp. I don't even call horror movies i call them just scary movies like frightening yeah. films you know and um i've i've actually enjoyed the the past few that i've seen um and then the thing that was interesting with this one um well actually i'll say this uh the most realistic pastor thing that the pastor said it was in a phone conversation i think with his wife when he was like checking in with her as you do when you're at a demon possessed 
girl's house. Yeah, um, yeah, check in. He was just like, I just want health insurance. Like, that was what he said. And I was like, <laughs> that is the most relatable thing for any minister watching this. Because, like, no pastors get actual benefits or insurance except for protection by the Lord, maybe. But, like, like, <laughs> like when he was just talking, I was like, I just, I would, I would settle for some health insurance. I'm like, me too, bro. I get that. Like, uh, so that was, <laughs> that was the funniest thing to me. But, like, what was interesting to me in the movie was, you know, he doesn't believe in, in, in demons and possession and stuff and exorcisms and stuff like that. And, and when I'm watching this movie at the beginning, I'm like, well, he's clearly going to be wrong because this is a horror movie. And so there's going to be a demon in it. You're but, catching I, on, sir. You're catching <laughs> right, on. So, but I don't know if you felt this way watching it, Gavin, and maybe I was just completely wrong because the end totally leaves it up in the air. But like, there was a point where like, I, it really seemed like she was just mentally unstable. Like it seemed like mm-hmm. all the, all the, and so I was like, okay, turns out he was right. And I was like, what a twist. Like it's the thriller part is just that she's a crazy girl and not like, and, and then there were points where it kind of shifted, especially towards the end there where I was like, this seems a little bit more demony, or maybe it was just creepy cult people who threw through. I, I don't know how we can do a spoilers if we can say that. Oh no, we can, we, everybody knows. I, I put on our Patreon, uh, by the way, I, I got to play our Patreon, patreon.com backslash, they're coming to get you. We have bonus episodes. I mail you a sticker. Um, also, because we're in the guest host era, and I don't know who's going to be on like week to week to like promote stuff, I have to be like, uh, to find out what movie we're doing next, go to our Patreon. It's our free tier. We have a free tier that you can just see announcements and stuff. You don't get the bonus stuff, but you can't see the announcements. So that's where I've been announcing things. So yeah, people are aware. Normally, we we spoil the whole damn thing, so 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 you're fine. Yeah, so no, because I was getting to the point where I was like, oh, the, the cool part about this movie is, is it turns out he's right. This wasn't an ex- this wasn't a real demon. But then at the end, like, was was he throwing a was he were they throwing a real demon there or was it just a baby? Like, I mean, not that just a baby in the fire, you know, just a just a baby. <laughs> it's a very, it's, it says a lot about the abortion debate. <laughs> let me know. It's a, I think it's implied that at the end is uh that. She does give birth like an antichrist or a demon of some sort, which, and I guess they just throw it into the fire. Yeah. I which, genuinely couldn't tell. It was because, I mean, like when babies are born, they're so bloody and gross. Like it could look like a demon just being a normal baby. <laughs> like it was, it, it, it was, I felt bad, but I was like, I, I can't tell if that's what that's supposed to look like. It's, you I've know. seen my friends' kids. I know. I know. <laughs> but uh, it was, I, I kind of enjoyed the, uh, of course. They always like anytime any movie brings up church or priests or whatever, they always go for like this corrupt guy that's just BSing people and he's terrible. And like there was no like there was no religious character in that in the movie or like any movies nowadays that you were like, oh, that's a good guy. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's movies as a whole. There's just no good characters. There's like no actually like wholesome characters anymore because that they have to be like, like an edge or an anti-hero but yeah they don't they don't make i don't think they make religion out to be bad i think they do show it a lot more reverence than some movies do uh but there's a lot where it's just like religion is the dumbest shit ever how yeah. dare you i mean and i like, always try to yeah and i always try to be like respectful of beliefs and stuff but there are there are some movies where i was like you're, you're just being edgy to be edgy now yeah, well, normally that yeah, normally the religious character is either like an idiot, you know, maybe mm-hmm. maybe someone like maybe someone like the 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 dad of the 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 guy who's an idiot's not the best word, but like fanatical and just 
having terrible reasoning based off of his faith. Um, yes. And that, or it's like, or you have, and I ended up liking the pastor character, but at first he was like, you're run of the mill. I'm going to use religion kind of to be hypocritical and get what I want from people. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's like a stereotype we see in a lot of movies, but like, I'll be honest towards the end of the movie, he was the closest thing we had to a hero. I would have totally gone in that car and gotten out. I mean, the fact that he was running towards that fire with his cross, giving it, giving it his best, you know, I, I don't, I don't think he survived that. And, and which honestly, I'm sorry, we could talk. We, I was gonna say we could talk about this all day, but we literally are talking about this right now <laughs> for a podcast. But, but the fact that they saw the pictures of the flames and bodies in, and they were, and not one person said like, oh, well, obviously we're not going to run towards the flame where this, we just saw a picture that this demon. <laughs> like, let's, let's, let's go hire someone with a sniper rifle and take her out this way. Let's, let's yeah. flip the script a little. <laughs> Clearly I'm not going to get decapitated by an ax and my cameraman won't be decapitated by, uh, by a shovel or something at the end. Uh, I do like that how committed he is, though, to, like, proving it's fake by, like, doing all, like, the magic tricks of things. That's that's some real commitment to, to the bit. Uh, I When he was having, like, the smoke come out of the crucifix, I was like, that's actually kind of dope. Yeah. Like, that's, well, that's pretty creative. That was between that and when he was talking to her slash the demon, and she said, "Would you like a the blow job or the blowing job or whatever?" <laughs> and like, and then he was like, "That's how I know you're just a little girl, because you're." And and I was like, "Man, he he is maybe he, that was at that point I was like, maybe this isn't really gonna be a demon. It's just a crazy sad girl who's pregnant." <laughs> yeah, that's something that 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 we'll talk about too because uh, the blowing job line I wrote down. Because the movie is only PG-13. It, it's a PG-13 horror movie. And uh, as someone who's not uh, very um, in, uh, in ingratiated or uh, involved with horror movies, PG-13 horror movies get like a lot of bad rap because like it's got to be hard R, gore, swears, titties everywhere. I like some PG-13 horror movies, and I actually really enjoyed this one as well. But when they said blowing job, I go... Is this because it's PG thirteen? Can, 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 can they not say blowjob in PG thirteen? Do they have to call it a blowing job? Because that's not what it's called. Yeah, at first I was like, that is the dumb. But but I think though, I think that might have been an intentional decision to try to make the girl seem innocent. Yes, it, it was once yeah. they explained it. But I was like, are we just gonna let blowing job hang <laughs> right, here in the air for a minute? Are we just gonna let it hang here? <laughs> yeah. So, um, so I PG thirteen like, are uh, horror movies are like the clean comedy of horror movies. Like <laughs> yes, yeah. Uh, let's talk about clean comedy for a second because I think that's a very we'll we'll get back to it. But I the clean comedy aspect, like PG thirteen horror movies or R horror movies, have you noticed that there's such like a weird range of like clean comedy and what people consider clean comedy? Yes, absolutely. I um I always recommend to people when they're starting clean shows or uh, or like want to like you you should always ask the venue like okay when you say clean what do you mean or like if you're on a clean show you should always double check what does this mean like I know uh so I run a group called the Clean Comedy Collective and we book shows in Nashville that are exclusively clean shows but we when we when we reach out to our comedians and we put them on a lineup, we specifically tell them these are our three rules. So when we say clean, this is what we mean. Because clean comedy at its heart is non-offensive comedy. But the problem with offensiveness is it's subjective. What what offends one person doesn't offend uh, somebody else. You know, like so. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's all kinds of different styles of clean comedy, uh, and then within those, it just depends on the room. You know, 
Um, and so it's, I, I always try to be very specific when I book people and like, this is what I'm expecting. And then when I get booked on a clean show, I double check like, okay, what do you mean by clean? Cause like, like there's some jokes that I could do at a club clean show that I would never do at like a church squeaky clean show, you know? Yeah. That's just, um, and, but it all comes down to like the essence of clean comedy is you're not offending your audience. You're doing, you're, you're, that's the, the goal. I mean, some, some rooms, like some audiences and some shows, like they kind of want to come to, to get the envelope pushed a little bit and to have it. Mm -hmm. Here's something, here's something Gavin, I've been noticing about clean comedy though. Uh, and it is, well, I have two, two observations about clean comedy. One's about the audience and then one's about the comedians. I'm going to let, let you say one, not the same. No. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. No, no. No, No, Yeah. This, what, this isn't a clean comedy uh, podcast anymore. (laughs) (laughs) So, well, I'll say this: uh, all audiences. You seek- you can actually say say both. I'm just giving you a hard time. <laughs> okay, because nope, I want to know. Gonna... I want to know now. Um, yeah, that that's the intrigue. I brought that in. Um, the so all audiences of clean shows want dirty, filthy content, but they don't want to be offended. And so they want you to be as dirty as you can to get as close to their line as possible. But once you cross it, they are done with you. Like they, and then the challenge is every audience member has a different line. So it's like it's so they all want a little bit of edge, but they're like, but don't pass that line. And you never know. Right? So that's the, that's kind of. But uh, then the other thing I noticed about clean shows, but from the perspective of comedians is um, to me, clean means not offensive. And so some people are like, okay, that means no cussing. Just don't cuss and do jokes about sex. But you know what else is offensive? Like racist joke, transphobic jokes, like <laughs> jokes where you're just being a jerk. Um, well, what, well, what am I going to talk about then, Drew? <laughs> right? yeah, yeah, it really knocks out a lot of stuff. But um, I've been to some clean shows before where like everyone's loving this comedian and he's like just such a bigot. <laughs> but he's not cussing. <laughs> and like, it's like, in my head, I'm like, I would never book this person for my show. Like, is like as a if it was a clean show, you know, like just because to me, I'm like, that's maybe maybe don't say those kind of things uh, at a show where you're not supposed to offend people, you know. But yeah, anyway. well, we I saw on your, your your Facebook actually, and I meant to tell you this before you came on the show that we strictly use the n word on this podcast. Of course, yes. Um, so yeah, <laughs> no, because you you made a post about how with clean comedy and just like regular comedy, open mic comics are like club owners have to be like no n-word and oh it's like goodness. if you're white like if you're white <laughs> yes. some, sometimes it's just no n-word like normally like yeah, i think and even that's because they're putting comics, a barrier around the essential don't say it if you're white you know yeah yes and then so and some white people are like this is gonna stymie my creativity and it's like no it's not it just means you want to say it real bad it's it's ridiculous i i've heard i've been to so many shows where like i hear that as a rule especially open mics like oh yeah and just don't say the n-word if you're white and i'm thinking to myself what moron would like no one's gonna, <laughs> like, way to waste 10 seconds of your host set and bring down the mood a little bit like no one's obviously no one's gonna say it and i've been wrong so many times <laughs> you, you know the uh, there's one guy in the audience like why people can't say the N word? Well, this isn't the show for me, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's a, and here's something funny. A side story. Um, when I the very first time I ever did comedy, uh, I did an open mic in Lexington, Kentucky, at Comedy Off Broadway. I've uh, been there. And, very and, nice. And, yeah. When when you sign up uh, for their open mic, they send you a list of rules. And so this is like brand, I was a youth pastor. I was 24, very sheltered. Um, I get the email and it says no N word and no C word. And Gavin, I was like, well, I know what the N word is. 
<laughs> but do they mean crap? Because I just don't feel like that's a... <laughs> And, yes, and, we've... <laughs> and when I got there, I was like, I mean, they're saying ass and all this other stuff that's way worse than crap. What's the deal with that? And then like a few <laughs> few weeks in, when I went to a different mic, I was like, oh, that's C word. <laughs> got it. <laughs> we actually we say the C word on this podcast so sometimes because uh the horror movies that, that we watch say it. And some fans love it, but I did get somebody who messaged me on Twitter is like, Can you guys not say the C word so much? And I was like, I mean, it's not, it's not like I like to throw it around, but that's like a, as your honorary guest host, I just feel the need to tell that person, no one dies if someone says the C word on this podcast. I'm not going to, because I'm afraid my grandmother's ghost is going to come up and I'll have to have an exorcism (laughs) and I'm not ready for that. But like, it's fine. Like (laughs) it's, it's a very, the clean, the clean comedian said it's okay. So we can cunt this podcast away. <laughs> I, I just I, I live by the very strict rule that being offended is a choice. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. Like unless someone uh, there's a difference between saying, <laughs> OK, there's a difference between saying cunt in your podcast and then looking at someone and saying you are a cunt. Right. Like that's the difference. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I'm going to actually uh, clip this part out for you. And send it to every church you're trying to get booked at. Perfect. Thank you. Can you believe the filth this man's saying? But he said he's down for an exorcism if Jim Gaffigan (laughs) can be open for. Absolutely. I I do find the clean comedy culture. I find the culture is just so fascinating. I love when uh, I go do a clean show. They're like, just just keep it clean. You know, like Family Guy. I was like, you mean (laughs) the the, the filthiest? (laughs) You mean the filthiest cartoon imaginable? I watched uh, at at the show you're doing tomorrow up in Vincennes. One of my friends, uh, Molly, she's a great comedian. Uh, she did a sign language joke where she sign language the word whore as a punchline. I was line. at that show. Yeah, and somebody <laughs> got up and just like left, and they're like, okay, her hands offended somebody. So that's yeah. you know. It's Wait, be, was like, the, the, the was the person deaf? Because that might like. <laughs> 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 they thought it was being directed directly at them. Why is this per- person talking this filth with their hands? That's. I remember that. That was, uh, was, I mean, I don't know. But back to this, uh, the last exorcism, um, the part that made me feel the most uncomfortable is as a cat owner, I don't like brutal first-person shooter-style cat murders. And that was such a, that was such a, that was such a huge jump because before you feel kind of bad for now, you realize she's going through all this stuff. And then she just picks up a camera and it's like Doom. You just first person <laughs> yes. watch them brutally murder a cat. And I do, I I, do, I never like it. Like, it's weird because I've, I've talked about it before. It, it, if a dog gets killed, it doesn't bother me as much as like a cat for some reason. Oh, I don't know if I, I don't know if I see it that way. Now, here, I think I would put cat and dog in the same level as like, I didn't really care about the livestock. If she was killing sheep out there, like that sucks. But like. If I saw it, it wouldn't have had the same impact as a cat. But I, I almost, I think I'd care more about the dogs. Dogs just seem friendlier. And you'll never be invited back to this podcast. Well, uh, we had a good run. <laughs> we had a good run. No, it's just how I think for me, it's, and I feel like a hypocrite because I don't care like what people get killed in movies. But the minute you like hurt an animal, I was like, you son of a bitch. How you better not, better I, not do I that. I found myself thinking during this movie, like, cause. Up until the end there. And really, not, did she, she never actually killed a person, did she? No, no. She never killed a person. She just did, killed livestock and was 
generally spooky and upsetting. Look, if 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 that was my daughter, I would just say I'd pull the whole town together and be like, look, guys, we tried to exercise her. It didn't work. Cost me a lot of money. <laughs> She's not killing people. She hasn't touched our cat yet. <laughs> let's just, you know, let's just let her keep doing it. Like she's, I mean. Yeah. I think that you can just compromise at that point. I, the, the worst part for me besides the cat was when the demon girl, uh, started playing the recorder, yes. which is, which is far more annoying than killing. Cause <laughs> it's like, like you kill, kill someone instead. Put that down. You, you kill a cat. And it's upsetting, but it's over very quickly. But you're going to play all of Yankee Doodle Dandy? You're going to play all of it? <laughs> yeah. So that, as, soon as, as soon as that scene was where the dad rushed in there and then you were hearing the recorder, I was like, he's not the one that's like, she, she's not the one that's being hurt right now. Because you're like, oh, no, stop it. And I was like, no. No one, no one gets hurt as they're playing recorder. <laughs> I think that was the biggest. If you didn't know she was possessed by a real demon, the fact that she picked up a recorder and played it for fun yeah With that it's that... a <laughs> did you ever uh, have to play recorder in school yeah it was it was not a cool instrument although i was musical and like that was at the start of me being musical like figuring it out so i was like i'm so this is this is my thing i'm so good at this like <laughs> 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 meanwhile my other friends were like doing sports and talking to girls and i'm over here like well, check out this recorder <laughs> yeah here's a, you're doing the solo from metallica's one on recorder I have a really good ear. I can like literally uh, play anything on the piano just by hearing it. But before I got to that point, I I had an old uh, flip phone and like you could set the keys to play musical notes. And I would have my 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 cool lunch table trick was like people would throw out songs and I would play it on the spot on my phone. And I never got a (laughs) girlfriend in middle school. You should try it now. Be like, hey, what's, hey, what's up? Hey, what's up? What's going on? You like this? You like this? And now it's just, I'm just playing a TikTok for you. Right. I'm just using like Spotify and picking the song. Yeah. The, one of the parts of The Last Exorcist that made me uh, question what movie I was watching was you have the you have the cat scene, but then you also have in this pretty innocuous PG-13 horror movie, accusations of incest yeah <laughs> and i was like huh they're like she's pregnant what and then they're yeah I'm not how, gonna how did lie, you feel though, about I that was, i was seeing I, I was i was agreeing with her like i thought i thought i was i because really in the middle of the movie up until the very end i was the movie was appealing to me because i really thought it was going to turn out to not be a demon and it the, the thriller part was just this crazy girl uh, but then I was like, and she's crazy because her dad beats her and maybe incests her, you know, like maybe. Yes. Like, and yeah. so I, was like <laughs> I like that we're using incest as a verb. <laughs> yeah, like like <laughs> he's, she's definitely being incested. Yeah. yeah so <laughs> My favorite really, Christopher Nolan movie, incested. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. And so I, uh, I really thought that was the direction they were going. In fact, it wasn't until the very end when, uh, when they like the, the guy kills the camera guy and it rolls the credit that i was like wait was that really a demon like was it <laughs> wow like i yeah i was kind of sold on the like oh no they they were all just it, it, the, the scary part is these are real because to me like it's almost more thrilling more scary is like there wasn't a demon because because it, it turns out you know the narrative of the movie saying is 
could be like the d- demons aren't real. But the scary part is that these are some crazy effed up people that mm-hmm. are like doing crazy things. So, mm-hmm. um, and then and then I, I I got off the incest train when they're like, oh no, it was this dude when she was like, there was this guy down there. And then like when he was like, oh I'm gay. Then I was like, well maybe that's not. <laughs> Well, we know the real villains in any Christian movie are going to be teen pregnancy (laughs) and and the gays. Yes. So they're like, "Uh uh-oh. He was in on it. (laughs) He was the first demon possessed. (laughs) (laughs) Did you ever – this is going to be a weird question, but as a youth pastor, was there ever, like, any teen pregnancy scandals in, like, churches you were with or – Yeah, so um, I had the opportunity to to, – talk like work with students and their parents during teen pregnancy um i i have which is a weird way of, i feel like i could have said that maybe better <laughs> <laughs> you're like i had an opportunity uh you, i'm gonna need you to finish this sentence drew because so, it does not seem like it's going to a yeah. good place <laughs> i feel like um growing up I would hear like it, with my youth group or maybe some of the churches. I, I heard a lot about how churches handled teen pregnancy terribly with how they with all the guilt and the kicking the kids out and the just doing being awful to the parents and shunning. But the churches I worked at, um, whenever we had a situation come like that, uh, I feel like we handled them pretty well. And I, I totally credit that to um, when I was in college, I was interning for a different youth pastor and the just the the girl if you were to pick the least likely girl to be teen pregnant it was like this girl and she comes into her office his office and was like and hadn't told her parents yet hadn't you know like he was the first person to be like she's like yeah i uh, i'm pregnant and i don't know what to do and the way he i mean to use church words the way he showed her grace the way he cared i mean right Mm. like he's like how are you feeling right now and then she's like i'm just so pregnant (laughs) (laughs) no what she was she was like i'm so i feel so guilty and he's like well here's the thing he's like uh it's already happened He's like, <laughs> he's like, if you, he's like, he's like, and you believe in Jesus, so you know that we give our sin and our guilt and all that to Jesus. So like, you, you, the part of it is forgiving yourself and moving forward, and you know, looking at the other issues at hand here because you know, hating yourself or being feeling bad for yourself isn't going to do anything but make you feel worse. You know, so like, he kind of first and foremost was like showing her that like. Your life's not over because of this. Like, you still have value. Don't devalue yourself. And then, like, the way he worked with the parents and, like, how they handled, you know, because it's kind of one of those whatever you believe about pregnancy and teen pregnancy and sex before marriage, you have a daughter who's going through this right now. And then the mm-hmm. way he talked to it about it with, like, the students and youth group, he was like, she's going to get so judged in her school because of this. It was, like, an East Tennessee school, so super judgmental. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, let's make our youth group not the place where she's being judged. And the kids got on board with it because he equipped them well to do that. Um, and so any I, maybe, like, two or three times in 15 years of youth ministry, I've had teen pregnancy scares with students and stuff like that. And phrasing, I, phrasing yeah. Drew. <laughs> I personally didn't have any of the two pregnancies. <laughs> like, like when I was like, <laughs> there were some late nights where I'm pretty right. sweating. <laughs> Look, here's a here's a joke that's never worked, Gavin. Um, I please do it on my podcast. Go ahead, because <laughs> <laughs> it's just too creepy. It's too weird. Um, but it's perfect for this. Um, because I started out as a youth pastor when I was 19 years old. 
so that means there was a time when I was a young adult youth pastor and all my other friends who were young adult youth pastors had to deal with like teenage girls hitting on them and throwing moves at them and like, you know, being weird and inappropriate. And they would have to be like, no. Um, and I used to be so annoyed the fact that like no one ever approached me. Like, <laughs> I, obviously I would have said no. But like, do you know how embarrassing it is that in like teenagers and their most hormonal period of life never you know anyway you're like i would have said no but i would have liked the opportunity yeah. to say just, like no. obviously i would never but it kind of hurts that neither would they <laughs> <laughs> that's a great joke i think that's so. a that's when, a great joke when you say it in front of a group of nice people they just look at you like you're a serial killer <laughs> Like I've learned, <laughs> I'll try it again sometime. Maybe I'll try the clean show tomorrow night in Vin- Vincent's in Do it. Indiana. That I think they'll like it. I think they'll lot like it in Vincent's Indiana at the Red Skelton Theater. Or you'll walk somebody. Those gonna be yeah. Like, I was like, and I'll spe- sign horror. <laughs> <laughs> but that's really that's really cool, and that that they like handled it well. Like that's really that's really cool. I like that. Uh, I just imagine them being really graceful, and then because you said you got involved sometimes. So I imagine them like being very full of grace and very kind, and then you coming up as in as bad cop, be like, "Well, guess who's going to hell?" <laughs> right? <laughs> Your ass is on the line. <laughs> like an all bad good, good pastor, bad pastor. Yeah. No, uh, I uh, I was um, I was very big into with all the youth groups that I worked at um, because I saw the damage that purity culture and shaming people and their sexuality and, and, and whatever did. Like it never, it didn't actually like do what they were wanting. Christians were wanting it to do. Like it never, like it wasn't a good move. And so luckily as I started doing more into youth ministry, I saw that that was incorrect. And also I just running things through fear and guilt and all that never has good results. (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah. So I do want to ask you as as a kind of, Wrap up the movie here because he does leave the church for like his cry cries of faith. Why did you finally decide to like get out of like being a youth pastor? Um, the, there's I'm gonna try to give a, as like direct, short, not all the different answers. Uh, I'll give I'll start with the faithful answer. Uh, I de- I felt led by God to do it. Like it felt like it felt like I had a time in youth ministry. And it felt like it was a good TV show that was coming to an end. Like, I just knew. Mm-hmm. I was like, this was my season. I And it was one of those, I've never wanted to be one of those people that stayed in youth ministry for so long that they ended up just hating the job and they're burned out and they're just miserable the whole time. Like, I've always been like, when it's time to be done, I want to be done. Um, and I don't want to, like, just keep doing it because you're comfortable. Because, I mean, I did it so long where, like, there wasn't any surprises. Even new situations, I was like, I've I've, I've, done, I've had something similar before, you know? So, <laughs> so like. The kids, they're like, uh, is there a new flavor of vape that's out? Like, like, like what are you guys doing? <laughs> yeah, so, I don't know. So, but um, I felt like it was, I felt like my time as a youth pastor was done. And at the same time, um. It was it was kind of as COVID was letting up and I was, was doing more comedy shows and it just hit me that I was like, I'd rather be doing this full time. Um, and then like, but it kind of makes sense when I kind of think about it more because I've always been the kind of, I was always the kind of youth pastor that my, the group of students I would bring into the church, like we're all like the outsiders or the people that were kicked out or other places. My last youth group was like the only church in like West Tennessee, it felt like that was like LGBTQ plus friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I used to always just, um, 
I, I, I would get in trouble with mainstream church because like I was I would love people like Jesus did. <laughs> and that's sometimes that's not allowed. Yeah, sometimes it's very controversial <laughs> on the church. How and, dare you? Um, and that was kind of that was kind of off and on a fight that I fought for like 15 years. Um, and you, you would think, you know, think it would get easier because of in some ways how much more progressive people are nowadays. But in certain parts, it's harder because you have louder people not being progressive and welcoming and loving. Um, and that was in some of the areas that I worked in, honestly. Um, and I feel like God wanted me to be in those situations to be the light in those areas. But then it got to a point where I realized uh, I can do in some ways I can do better ministry by caring and loving for people, especially the people that I feel called to when I'm not a pastor. Like it's so much nicer to like, um, you know, openly like, for example, I mean, I don't know that young people still come up to me now. Now that I'm older, young people are look more like, you know, college students or young adults, you know, that but. I still have conversations with young people about like their sexuality and how it relates to faith and religion and Christianity. Um, Mm -hmm. And I'm, I always consider myself very fortunate when they trust me enough to like want to open up and talk about that kind of stuff. Um, But it's so great now to not be in a situation where I have to like be tactful with what I say, because I know my bosses would get angry at me. Yeah. Like now now it's like, I can just, you know, have those conversations and, 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 you know, I don't know. So, so yeah, it I, it kind of made sense that the, as I was growing, that was you know the direction I was going. Awesome. I, I I will say this, and ironically, I think you're doing the Lord's work, like literally, <laughs> uh, like you're doing this it podcast, it. man. This is the Lord's yeah, work. yeah. This thank you. We we we've been called a lot of things, but the Lord's work is not one of them. So thank you for blessing this podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, I thought this movie was, was, was fun. Um, I, I'm glad that it did have some semblance of like truth and like the healthcare stuff and like it represented the it, it represented church not as disrespectfully as it could, which is which is why I wanted to, a lot of them are really hokey a lot, like I said. So it, it was very cool getting your your perspective. I do have some fun facts about the movie, Drew. Love it. Love fun facts. Um, so in the scene where she's given the pair of the red Doc Martin boots. Um, that came from the fact that the insurance company refused to cover the actress for her exorcism scenes if she was running around barefoot. <laughs> They're like, like we got to put her in Doc Martens, baby. That's so funny and weird. <laughs> yes. Um, you mentioned that she looked like she was having a bunch of like mental issues. That's because Ashley Bell spent over a month researching her role, including the study of several manias. Yeah, which I mean, she her face. I mean, the way her face looked in all of it, like she she sold being crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she did. And then uh, she also did all the bends and contortions of her body on her own. There were no special effects used. I saw that. I, my my older brother is like he used to be a gymnast and gymnastics coach, and like I'm from a gymnastics family. So as soon as I saw her, <laughs> like like there was a moment where I was like, "Is that special effects?" And right away, I was like, "No, that's she's she's definitely." So they, they they had to find a, a a flexible woman who could do crazy faces for that for that little girl. <laughs> yeah, and this is 2010 when they were just they were just like whatever we'll find this girl because some now nowadays you can find like the most niche actors for like the most specific roles. Like we just finished watching Echo on um on Disney Plus and they found an actual Native American actress who is deaf and has one leg. And is also attractive enough to be on a Disney series. I think so, maybe she wanted it enough that she had two legs before she saw the ad. And it was like, <laughs> so close. <laughs> She's like, oh, you gotta want it. You gotta, it's the hustle. Listen, it's, it's that grind. It's that, it's that grind set. 
And then finally, this is a fun thing because I think this is just hilarious. A crew member's brother was a real exorcist and was on set advising the director. He makes an unbuilt cameo in the film and can be seen to the left of uh, the left of Reverend when he delivers his sermon about the Prince of Lies. I love that they had a real exorcist like this. No, no. In a yeah. real situation, this, this is how we'd how actually you would do handle it. it. Yeah, man. Yeah, I feel like that would add so much pressure to the 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 actor who played the pastor. Like, I better do this right, otherwise the real exorcist is like, that's not how you do it. <laughs> <laughs> what if they? Do you believe that? So sometimes people will think that like doing certain types of movies brings on unnecessary like curses and stuff. Do you think there's any validity to that? Like, if a movie like The Exorcist or Poltergeist. Do you think uh do you believe this idea of like a cursed film? I don't. I um I don't I there there's so much of that that I don't believe in. Like I don't believe in karma. There's too much evidence of bad things happening to good people and good things happening to bad people. Um I uh, Karma I, is my boyfriend, so, by oh, the way. Oh, okay. <laughs> I yeah, I, I I also don't when Christians like say stuff like that they believe in karma, I'm like, that's that's the wrong religion, buddy. That's like that's that that's buddhism and hinduism right there but like the, <laughs> but um but, but also like um i don't i don't believe in movies being cursed or whatever i do however i do believe in like uh self-fulfilling prophecies um so if mm. you are so freaking out that that movie you did cursed you and then you start looking at everything like it's bad luck I feel like that's you're kind of bringing that into existence like i i feel like positivity makes a big difference and opposite negativity negativity makes a big difference so yeah but i i like to think that i'm like a pretty well-adjusted i i have my own beliefs but i also like believe in like facts and like science and things like that like things can be proven but then there's times where they're like you want to do a ouija board fuck no i don't also like Absolutely i don't want to challenge i've been wrong before that's the thing too is like <laughs> i've been wrong before so when people are like Hey, let's go check out this haunted whatever. I'm like, you know, I'm I'm fine. Like, I'm I'm cool. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> like, I hear some sometimes she follows people. Like, uh, I know Waverly Hills in Louisville is a big one. They're like, you know, sometimes they follow you home. Then why would I go? Nope, they do not. No, need yeah. <laughs> Are so. you paying rent crazies or not? In this economy, honestly, I would have just let her keep killing. In this movie, I would have just let her keep killing farm animals. <laughs> I would have not messed with that. I mean, especially after she, you know hurt the fan the brother and the just you know just let her do her thing that but, brother was a shit though like he wasn't great <laughs> was he the one at the end that did the cutting was that the same person or was yes that... it was okay. yes yeah so like what so he was they were all killing the demon possessed girl i'm assuming i mean i didn't i'm assuming she died in the process but and then yeah. also the the baby that was kind of or the yeah. spawn of satan or, yes or yeah so okay so um they were just doing the lord's work got it yeah You'll see that a lot of times that I think they were like, yeah, you'll you'll see a lot of times with horror movies. They have very open ended endings where it just like ends and you're like, what? Especially with like found footage movies. It's like, all right. And then at the end, they drop the camera and that's all of it. And you're like, huh, that uh, uh. for a second, because, you know, when I'm one of those whatever I'm watching, I can fully engross myself in the universe for just even for that hour and a half or whatever. So like. When it just rolled credits like that, I was like, "Oh, I'm not done yet. I need more. We're not. We're not finished here." Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, they made a second one. Oh, did they? Yeah, so it wasn't I, I, the last exorcism. <laughs> no, it was. It was the last exorcism before the the last last exorcism. Yeah. Was is the same guy in it? Maybe it was his last exorcism because that it was one, uh, the one girl, would be the, enough for me. <laughs> yeah, the girl comes back for the second one, 
And then the second one, uh, apparently, because I was looking on IMDb about it, and the apparently uh, the girl, Ashley Bell, who plays Nell, she comes back. And then Julie Garner from Ozark <laughs> is also in it. So it's like all is that, these just Julie Garner. Is, is that the person who plays Ruth? Or yeah, that, dude, I don't know shit about fuck. Yes, I, I, she, she was the best part of Ozark, and then she was absolutely other, she was in that other, uh, like that other uh, TV show. Um, all I can remember about it is the like the little scene that pops up in all the credits where where she it says like everything here is based on the true stories except for the stuff that's not. I'm like that is my comedy to a T. <laughs> like I was like. Uh, Julia, uh, Julia Garner. Yeah, she's she's so good in so much. But yeah, I loved her in uh, Ozark. That was so good, for sure. All right, so that was the last exorcism. I'm glad that I picked a movie that 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 you enjoyed and may now have like an appreciation for like the horror genre. Yeah, I'm glad that you, I, I think I, I'm, I'm developing. I think I'm a little bit less closed minded to horror genres now. I think now that I don't like pee myself in anticipation of watching one, I can yeah. I can enjoy it. Maybe yeah, I'll do now, the next one like at nighttime. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. I, you know, there are some movies over where I don't like slasher stuff like that, where there's like a gore I don't mind. But then sometimes I don't like watching like ghost shit at night either. So even as a like a hardened horror desensitized alpha male, uh, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> which is how I describe myself in every Tinder profile. That's uh, perfect. I, <laughs> I sometimes will be like, I don't want to watch this during the day. I'll watch this during the day. I'm, I'm real scared. Uh, but we do the same on the podcast where we say some of our favorite things. So what was your oh shit moment for The Last Exorcism? As in like, is, that, is an oh shit moment the favorite thing or? It, it, it's a moment that made you go oh shit. Um, definitely uh, when she popped, when she popped out and was like talking to him when they, when they were like, we want you to bring her out. And so you see the process of her freaking out. And then, then when the demon's like right there and talking to him, like that to me, to me, that was like. That was the most like all the that was the mo almost like the climax of the movie like the that was where we had a perspective like something changed like it went from mm -hmm. like like oh, is there a demon here is, is she just a crazy little girl and like oh no there's something here and and you got to watch the protagonist go through it as well the whole time so um. yeah uh for me my ocean moment I think when they when they go in the room and she hears like two people talking and she's like on the armoire and you're like get her down. Oh, and when her. she like, when she jumps out, like not long after that, yeah. she turned to the barn. She jumped like that was that was pretty freaky. That was yeah. that was a jump in moment for me. Um, yeah, that was an oh I shit myself moment. <laughs> <laughs> Close. And then, what, and then what was your favorite kill of the movie? Um, <laughs> the cat obviously. <laughs> yeah, it's not my favorite, but it's the most memorable. I, you, the I think um, she 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 didn't do a ton of like killing that was like notable but like that big scene where they throw the the baby in the in the fire mm. the demon like like because when i watched it i wasn't i couldn't tell if that was a baby or a or a, a demon so i was like that's yeah. either terrible or awesome i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i don't know, know how i feel about this <laughs> yeah i think for me it's uh the woman getting killed by, by the axe because like you like you don't see it but you know enough what's going on that's so 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 you kind of know uh for sure uh Drew, let's plug some stuff for you, my man. Drew Davis Comedy, you are doing stand-up all over the place, yes. and you are like one of those young, hungry road dog comedians. Yeah. You're like you're you're like everywhere. I try to be, man. I you know, when it's your job, you have a lot of motivation to perform as many places that you can. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. Cause you are and young we, and hungry and yes, you need to pay for food. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, and I know that we have one of our Patreon subscribers, Aaron. She actually lives in Nashville. Oh, very so, cool. So, Aaron, go see Drew Davis. He's yeah. always he, he's always around. He's very funny. And then you are also just re-recently got into the uh, – and, and, of course, uh, you said that Drew Davis comedy on, like, everything. Everything. Drew Davis comedy. Uh, my favorite's Instagram, but look me up on all your other – whatever you use, and you can see my videos. You can see when I'm doing shows. You can, I don't know, reach out and say hi. Whatever you want. So mm. I don't recommend. He's unpleasant. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> fair. No, I love you, Drew. Uh, and you just re-recently got into the podcast game as well yes. with one of my favorite things in the entire world. Uh, you do a Fast and the Furious podcast called The Quarter Mile Podcast. Uh, I love a quarter mile at a time. <laughs> yes, I, yes, I love it. Uh, what What is it about? Like, how do you do? You just break down the movies, or how do you how do you how do you keep it going? It is uh, so so. Uh, we we're starting with Fast and Furious. We don't know if we'll just keep going. I mean, there's so much you can do after that. We've guaranteed ten episodes of Fast and Furious rewatch. We watch the movie. We talk about it. I have a co-host named Bailey where um, she, we're basically the coolest people ever. And mm-hmm. um, your family. It, yeah, we're family, basically. Yeah. And we're <laughs> building a family, the quarter mile podcast family. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, we, we go through it. We give our opinions. We we also like to interact with people that are watching or like because we do, you know, on our, our socials and stuff like that. We'll post polls. We'll post questions. uh Right now, we're posting reels from our. We have one episode out right now, so it's brand new. We do an episode once a month, and uh, and we already reviewed the first movie, uh, the Fast and the Furious, and we're gearing up for the second one. So uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, we don't know if um, when we finish the ten movies, <laughs> which feels like it's going to take a lifetime, um, we don't know if we're going to keep going with Fast and Furious. Maybe do Hobbs and Shaw, maybe the board game, maybe the Netflix animated series. I don't know. Or if we'll there's jump a board like game, a, there is a board game. It is not as fun as the movies. Um, it is, <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's like a strategy game, and I don't know if you ever looked at Fast and Furious and been like, man, strategy is what they're all about. <laughs> but, <laughs> It's like, why am I playing Stratego with Vin Diesel? I, I think it would be. I I kind of really want to do a, uh, a live stream of the podcast where me and Bailey are playing just the Fast and Furious board game. <laughs> <laughs> it would be so dumb, um, but uh, we, we'll see. Uh, but we also might just pick up another shoot. Maybe 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 we'll go watch the second uh, uh, at the the last Exorcism Part Two and and yeah. put that in our in our rewatch podcast. There you go. <laughs> don't hey, listen. Don't be stealing our people. Okay. Oh, we would. Me and Brent. We and Brent need these 40 Patreon subscribers and our 300 person listener base as well. That's so cool. But we have, I yeah. think we're at a, like a, we're at like 31 on our first episode right now. So that's, Hey, you know what? <laughs> you live your podcast a quarter <laughs> listen at a time. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> Drew, you've been an absolute pleasure. Do you have any shows c- coming up? You, you want to plug? Um, when, it, when are people, when is this coming out? Like before? this will probably be out. Uh, this will be out the week of Valentine's day, most likely. Okay. So if I'm not mistaken, I will be like g- heading up to Vermont shortly after that for several shows. So if any of these listeners are in the Vermont <laughs> area, man, come check me out. Um, but, um, the really, uh, what I would recommend is if you do want to come see a show, uh, look up any of my socials, my website, which is drewdavidscomedy.com. Um, and you can see where I'm performing. And, uh, if it's near you, please come on, come to a show. We'd absolutely love to have you. So fantastic. Drew loved having you on the podcast. This was, this was amazing. I, I loved having you on. You gave an amazing perspective about just so many things. Now, to close out the show, we, we do this thing. Every every episode we end by, by saying they're coming to get you, and then somebody, and then I say Barbara, but I need you to say 
Barbara in, in however you want to. Okay, so I'll say they're, they're coming to get you, and then you'll hit us with the Barbara. Are you ready? Okay. Right. They're coming. <laughs> okay. They're coming to get you. Barbara! They're coming to get you. They're coming for you, Barbara. They're coming to get you, 